This episode of Miss Listen Notes could have been brought to you by you. Are you looking to elevate your brand? Do you need some marketing and promotion? Well, then email Show at gmail.com for details. Ow! And the show goes on. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's Miss Listenos news, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's Miss Listenos. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show because Milk says so. Fuck what you heard. Better act like you know. Miss Listenos. It's another week, though. Ow. I'm loving this new theme song. Doesn't it sound familiar? <laughs> wink, wink. It's your girl, Miss Lissa Knows, another installment. I've lost count, but we are almost at like 40-something, I feel like. 40-something? You know, it doesn't matter. I'm just happy to have you here. Last week was an amazing experience. It was my ladies' nights with all of these amazing women doing great things in this industry. And it turned out even better than I could have ever imagined. Shout out to Miss Rowena. Shout out to Ayana. Shout out to Streetsy. Shout out to Unique. Shout out to Ebony. Shout out to Dominique, aka D Money. Shout out to my girl Rena, always in the background. And my favorite photographer. Come on, this is a female fatality over there. We got Anna Banana. And we have to have more of that. We have to empower each other, encourage each other, inspire each other, and not be threatened by anybody and their greatness. Lighting one person's fire does not mean that you have to put out your flame. And I am going to be the woman to crusade this this situation because a lot of people, and we always say it, they talk about it, but they don't be about it. And let's talk more about a being about it. Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, a.k.a. not to be motherfucking played with. This is America. I love this video, and I hate it at the same time. I hate it because it's so real. I cried. I teared up. I didn't have, like, a big boo-hoo, but I felt really choked up. And it was so necessary. It is so necessary. In a world full of Kanye's, shout-out to the Donald Glovers, shout-out to the Kendrick Lamars, and shout-out to the U's. Are you an independent artist out here making strides for the culture? Then you deserve to be heard. I have something called an artist spotlight, and you can be featured. How do you ask? Just email me, show at gmail.com. Just put artist spotlight in the subject line, and someone will get back to you accordingly. That video is groundbreaking. It's epic. It's everything we needed after what Kanye gave to us. After the bullshit that Kanye delivered, it was nice to have somebody come clean that up and say, no, 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 no. We're going to take a stand and we're going to really show some shit. That's what Kanye used to do. And yes, he is brainwashed. And you could check out how I felt about that on allhiphop.com. We had an impromptu conversation. Shout out to Chuck Creekmer and my homie Jay from All Hip Hop. We had a very in-depth conversation in which Jay found out that he is living like a battered woman. Like, don't be like that person. You know, we want to see the best in Kanye, and we want to remember when he had on his dirty backpack and when he was doing for us, but now he's them. And you don't want to be the girl, you know, like when your, your friend is getting beat up or getting abused by her boyfriend, but then she keep running back to him, and it's like, girl... Yeah, you think he loves you, but look at your eye. 
Look at what Kanye did to our eye. He just came, rolled up on us, and punched us right in our damn face. And we just there like, no, no. This all has a method behind it. Or people are afraid to speak out because and they they are hoping that this is all for the better good. And even though he seems like an imbecile right now, maybe there's some real genius behind this. So I don't want to say I disagree with it because maybe I might turn out to be wrong later. I don't care. I don't care. And even though Kanye did rebuttal what he said on TMZ Live as far as slavery being a choice and he tried to clean up how he said it, that's some bullshit. I'm not accepting it. I don't want it, and I don't care how he cleans it up. I just don't agree with it. Like, there's so many other things that he could be doing with his platform in order to help us to be better, but he's not doing that. And then he's dyeing his hair blonde. It's like, and it's not even, like, that good blonde. Like, you know, like, if he would have went to, like, dark and lovely and got, like, a golden blonde. This is Peroxide Stan Eminem movie video. You remember when, when Stan was like, oh, my God, I'm mad at Eminem, and he rubbed Peroxide? That's the kind of blonde that Kanye have. And you can't trust nobody that's slapping peroxide in their head and wearing blue contacts. Unless, no, you just can't ever, you just never can. Never can. Never can. So, with that being said, don't get so caught up in the hype. There's a lot of crazy things happening in America and you don't want to be blinded by the propaganda that is the nonsense spewing from Kanye West's lips. You have some crazy stuff still happening in Puerto Rico. Slavery is not a choice, and there's still, there's still people going through slavery. I still feel like a damn slave, and I'm choosing to say I don't want that. But if it means I got to go kill somebody, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that because who's going to stand behind me? That's the problem. We don't know how to come together. I'm going to work more on that. I do want to have some, like, meetings of the minds where we could bring people together for the better good of the culture and really push people forward like we did last week. If you didn't hear last week's episode, Ladies Night, you need to go check that out after this. And then just sit out and veg to all the episodes. Like, if you don't know, now you know. Get into the Miss Lissa Knows experience because it's one unlike any other. I want to use this platform to really invoke conversations that's going to really make a change. I don't want to only have celebrity guests and I don't want to be gossip driven. I want to bring great people in and I want them to share their stories and I want their stories to empower and inspire the masses. That's what I want to do with this journey, especially with women especially with women. I am going to start bringing more guys on. I, I feel like it's been a while since I've seen a man in here, but that's good because one thing I, I was feeling on the other podcast was not enough of a sisterhood. Like it felt like the women were few and far between. So now that we're having a female overload and it's way past Women's History Month, I love that shit. And I have some more great um, episodes coming with more great women. I have some returning guests coming, like Kim Osario. She and I have been going back and forth, but she said she wants to come back out. I have Sunny, who was a guest on the other show. She wants to come through out. I have some surprise guests that I don't want to say. Beyonce said she might pull up. Barty said after the baby shower it might be a party. You just never know who's going to be here on the Miss Listen Knows show. So with that being said, go get you a little something to drink if you're parched. Go get you a little bit something to eat if you're hungry. If you are fed, get ready for this gym because it's going to be dropped on your head. Stay tuned. It's the Miss Listen Knows experience. Ow.
What's up, everybody? It's Brandy, Dope Girls Matter, and you're listening to the new queen of media, Miss Listen Knows. Ow. Ow, and we are back. Sitting with me is Bianca Edwards. Yo, I want to call you an A&R, but I don't really know all of your business, which is why you're here. Yeah. Right. So let me give the, the know-it-alls a quick synopsis. Okay. I'm at an event. I, I think it was Angela Yee's birthday party. And... Like I am, you you know, I'm big on energy. I turned and there was just like this bright light. And when it, when I looked, it was your smile. And I was just gravitated oh to you. And I was like, oh my God, like, who are you? What do you do? Was it Angelique's birthday party? It might've been a holiday party before that. For the Grammy party, it. maybe? Was it Grammy party? It was. All I know is after the first time of our first, our first encounter, I followed you on the gram, and then I would just see you always working, always working, and then I kept running into you at events. Can I tell the story right? Because you're not telling the story right. Yeah. I walked up to you. I thought you were my a dear friend. That's what happened? And I, I, I walked up to you, and I hugged you and was like, hey. And instead of you being like, bitch, I don't know you, you just totally embraced me and was like, hey, girl. And, even better. And then we realized I realized that you weren't my dear friend, <laughs> and you were like, "But it's okay. I love you anyway." That's, that's even better. That's even better. Yeah. That's even. It's like the energy, the universe brought us together. Definitely did that. So because of that, I wanted to have you on the show. So I, I was like, you know, watching her, and then I was like, listen, what is your schedule like? I need to have you on. I want to get to know you. I know you have to have a popping story because. Nobody moves. You're, are you Capricorn? Scorpio. Squ okay, you're a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody moves the way you move unless they're about their business. Like, you move in silence, but every time I see you post something, it's something of substance. It's something of, of greatness. Even Cash Doll had talked about you in her album. So, so to have somebody talking about you, but you're still moving under the radar is amazing. Like, you're not even out here like looking for... The, the celebrity or looking for people to boast about you, but because you are doing amazing work, it's speaking volumes. I appreciate that. So I needed to have you on my show. <laughs> First of all, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Um, you know, I think that every time that our paths cross, your energy is just a beacon of light as well. And, you know, I, I want, I follow you and live life through you vicariously through your posts. Um, and it's just a good thing when sisters can get together and just vibe. And, yes. You know what I mean? So to answer your first question, uh, a and I'm not an A&R. Um, mad love to all the A&Rs out there. But um, I don't even think my mother knows what I do. I do. <laughs> so this is going to be a good one. Mama got to <laughs> listen. Um, but so I am a talent booker. Um, my job is to um, find, you know, dope artists, actors, athletes, um, and find opportunities for them that are synergistic with their brand um, and book them for things. I spent almost a decade um, at BET Networks. Um, I started out as an intern on 106 and Park um, as well as at Hot 97 um, in the promotions department. Shout out to the street team over there. Y'all put a sister to work. <laughs> um, and and now, right now, I'm currently at Complex um, Networks, booking talent across all um, shows and um, branded campaigns, and and hopefully Complex Con this fall. And, That's dope. Um, and so yeah, so a talent booker, you know, basically my job is to know 
everybody who's who's who what they promoting you know who, who just got married who just got divorced who just dropped a book who just dropped a clothing line who just dropped an album um who just dropped a video and um anytime there's an opportunity on the table whether it's televised or editorial or um a live performance um to find the right person that right that makes the right or the most sense for that opportunity that's like a really selfless job like you're like you're highlighting people instead of like i said you're not even looking for the spotlight how did you get into that like who is young bianca you know that's a great question um i've been one of those people who have just and i was just telling the story yo just one of those people whose dots connected and aligned from the very beginning i wasn't one of those people that was trying to find myself throughout my life but shout out to the people who are on a journey of self-discovery it's nothing wrong with that um but from very early on i knew exactly what i wanted to do um and um so young bianca uh sorry i'm mad nervous i've never done this before take another sip you, you see, she's a bad influence. No, that's, a, it's cause, that's why they call it a wind down. <laughs> it's going to help you get the, the nerves. Because even I get nervous. Beyonce said before she hits a stage, she gets nervous. And that's a good sign because you don't you never want your ego to take mm -hmm. over. You're nervous because you want to make sure that you sound right and do right and feel right because right. it matters to you. It does so matter. So it's okay. I get nervous all the time. But I <laughs> overpower it. With the confidence, because I know God's going to push it through. He's going to help me to figure out the words that I have to say to get the message across. But I know that you, and just looking at you, were you a, you were, were you a quiet little girl? Very um, observant? Very much so. Very observant, very smart, very quiet. Um, do, do you come from a two-parent home? No. My parents separated when I was three. Um, they were married. They were teenage, you know. Um, romantics, um, got married and divorced early. Um, but you know, I definitely came from a home that was very supportive, me and my older sister, and later on, me and my younger, my older sister and younger sister. Um, you know, we just, we just had loving and supportive parents. So basically, if, if I could tell my story, um, I started writing poetry at 10 um and my sister was dating this guy older guy in the streets and I grew up in DC okay um and they were like you know you should you should try to rap and around 12 um I started rapping for the first time and I was convinced at that age that, that she I was, was next gonna, that I was gonna be a rapper <laughs> right um crazy it seems like a lifetime ago but I uh I ended up going by the moniker of Miss B um for a long time um and was just sure that my career path was going to lead me to being a performer so all the while I was also playing basketball and in high school um it was a dramatic change of events because I had to choose for the first time in my life between a career in basketball and a career um, in the music industry. And um, I turned down an athletic scholarship to Syracuse and um, decided to pursue, um, 
you know, my education at a small school in Nashville, Tennessee called Belmont University. Um, for the most part, unknown. It's a majority white institution um, in the middle of Nashville. I had never been to Nashville prior to this. The only thing I did know was that it had a renowned program for music business. Um, the Mike Curb College of Entertainment and Music Business and it had state-of-the-art recording studios on campus, and everyone you named had recorded there. You know, if you go and look at a lot of pop albums and you look at the, well, when they still made CDs, when you read the inside of the jacket, most of the time it said Mix and Mastered in Nashville. A lot of people don't know there's a, a street in Nashville called Music Row. On Music Row, headquarters for every major label every publishing wow. company, their headquarters is on this street, you know? And at the end of the street sits my school. So my school had, were, for decades, was just filtering people into these companies. Um, and, you know, I said, you know what? If I had to choose between going to Syracuse and playing D1 ball um, or going to Belmont University and learning... Um, the business of music, I'm going to go there because at that time I was still convinced that I was going to be an artist. So I moved to Nashville in 2008, um, and there were a lot of things going on. I mean, that was the year that Obama was elected. I was a black girl from D.C. who was super excited to celebrate our first black president, um, and I didn't realize that I was moving to a red state. Yeah, they didn't want that. Um, and at an all-white institution. It was challenging nonetheless, you know, um, but... Did you feel like... I don't know how to only say it wrong. I mean, th how, what did, how did they treat you? Like, how, were they receptive? Well, were they nice? Well, absolutely. So here's the thing. The, you know, the, the environment was very welcoming. I, I'm, I equate you know, my community in Nashville to being one of the reasons why I was successful there because it was a, a great community. Um, you know, I had, I immediately found a church home. I immediately found a network of black professionals and artists um, who helped me hone my craft. I immediately, you know, um, even the people who were from different backgrounds, economic backgrounds and, and races, they even gravitated toward me like, uh, what's the name of this this fraternity? They made me like their lady, um, but it wasn't a black fraternity. <laughs> I was about to go black with it. I was about to say, you know what I mean? Like, nah, it was. Um, I, I feel bad now because those were my guys, and I can't remember their names. But um, because I rapped, I was a black girl who rapped, who was confident. Um, people were like, they had never seen that shit before. They were like. Oh shit, it's Miss V. So I quickly became um by my sophomore year I was in the a showcase in the school stadium. Um and my career continued to um take off, but junior year comes around and I do Belmont East, which is an opportunity for you to intern in New York for the semester um and receive credit as if you were on campus, but the school provide right. you housing in right. New York if they if you want they'll even 
make calls to get you the internships. But my thing was that my school had relationships with people in pop, country, and Christian music um, genres. I didn't want to be in any of those, right? They didn't have the same extensive relationships in urban music. Right. So, you know, I told them, I said, you know what? Don't place me in an internship. I'm going to find my own. And my career advisor was like, are you sure? Because if you don't have an internship by this date and time, we got to send you back to Nashville. And I was like, I know, don't worry. I'm going to figure it out. So I start cold calling companies. First cold call was Def Jam. And I said, hi, this is Bianca Edwards. Can I speak to such and such? And I was just me Googling people's names and shit, right? But I called with so much confidence and authority when I asked for the person that they were like, please hold. Right. And put the person on the phone. So then I'm like, hey, I would love to intern for you. Can I have your email so that I can send you my resume? She was like, how the hell did you get this number? And I was like, to be honest with you, I did a little research and I would love to work under your leadership. And she was like, you know what? She was like, let me see your resume. Send it to me now. Da, 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 da. Before I knew it, before I even left Nashville, I had a prospect with Def Jam. I got to New York. Def Jam was like, love to have you on, you know. Then my meeting with Hot 97, I applied online, didn't have any relationships. I'm not a product of somebody whose parents or aunts or uncles right. grew up in the business. I had no connections to the business at all. I just had determination and um, and the naivety to really pursue things without, you know. Right. You didn't block your own blessings because you ignorance right. is bliss. Like, you didn't know any better, so right. why not? So I uh, I get the end. I interview at Hot 97. I get the job with the promotions team as well. So at this point, I'm interning at Def Jam and Hot 97. Let me go back a little bit. When I was a junior in high school, one of my mentors put an application in front of me and said, when you are eligible for this, I think you should apply. It was an application for BET. That was in 2007, 2008. And I looked at it and I said, you got to be a junior senior in college. Why are you giving this to me? She was just like, I know. That's what I'm saying. When you're eligible, you should apply. Now, fast forward. I I apply for this position at BET. And when I'm going through all the departments, I'm like, uh, PR, uh, production, uh, pr- pr- like, I don't know, legal, nah. And then I come across talent. And I'm like, hmm. The people who make the decisions about who to showcase on TV and on, you know, digital and social and across all their platforms. I said, you know what, this this seems like the way to connect me with artists or at least to see how they move and how they work and who makes the most sense for what and who's even putting artists on the platforms. Right. Because, again, you're going to be an artist. (laughs) My agenda is still. So I applied for the talent department at BET. Um, the deadline for me to hear back from them had passed. So I was under the impression that I didn't have that internship. I was working at Hot 97 and Def Jam. I get a call from BT on a Friday and said, can you be in? No, it was a Thursday and said, can you come in tomorrow for an interview? And I was like, holy shit, hell yeah. And I meet with this person 
um, full transparency, I meet with this woman named Sharon Jarrett. Now, everybody who met with Sharon Jarrett or who interned under her leadership has the same story, right? She didn't play, right? But she groomed you for leadership positions. The people who didn't come up under her leadership, you could tell the difference. Right. So I go into BT, I sit down, I got a Generation 1 iPad. Nobody really had iPads at the time, so I'm looking like the cool tech kid, right. you know what I mean? And she's like, sit down. Why you want to be here? So I, you know, go through my little resume and shit, and she's like, yeah, yeah, all right. So why do you want to be with the talent department? And, you know, I hit her with some generic shit. She looked at me, and she said, um, I like you. She said, I think you understand English, so I'm going to put you in the talent department. But don't ask for no autographs. Don't take no pictures. Don't, I don't care if your sister, cousin, brother, auntie, mother rap. I don't want to see you pass along a CD, no information, nothing. If I see it, you're gone. Period. And I looked at her and I said, no problem. Square in the eyes. And she said, cool, let me introduce you to your new team. And I was like, whoa, right? So, because I'm thinking, first and foremost, I thought I was going to say, okay, let me think about the job and I'll get back to you, whatever. Because keep in mind, y'all, I got two jobs already. Right. She said, let me introduce you to your team. So she, at the time, circulates, walks me around and introduced me to the executives at BET at the time. Um, I was scared shitless. That moment was a defining moment in my life because that moment really dictated how I moved um, from then on, how I conducted myself, the presence that in the aura that you even see today. Mm -hmm. um, and it also changed, you know, my ambitions as an artist. From that point on, I suppressed the fact that I was an artist. Because I you said, got in trouble. Right. I said, there's no way in hell. You know, I at that point, I didn't follow nobody on socials. I didn't let nobody add me, friend me, nothing, because I was just like, the first thing they're going to see, and I, and I was very secretive about who I was, because I knew that the first thing they were going to see if they looked me up or added me was that I was an artist. And I didn't want there to be a conflict of interest. I wanted to go into BT. I wanted to bust my ass. I wanted to be a change agent for them and really help other artists um, and really... I guess lessen light, lessen my own light, so that other people could have the opportunity to shine. I, I just didn't want the executives to get the wrong impression. So at that point, I was just like, Nah, I gotta, I gotta be low key. But even not to cut you off, I did want to go back. Even with you being so successful, you had to suppress your dream, like something that was very important to you. Does that ever like show through? Like, are you rapping in your bathroom, Issa Rae? Like, what are you? Right. <laughs> you know, I saw, when I saw that show, I was like, damn, that's me. All my friends hit me. First episode was like, yo, that's you, yo. Definitely, definitely. Because at the time, I was still getting, you know, I was still, I still had the urge to write. I still had the urge to record, you know, and, you know, I had a whole fan base in Nashville had a whole fan base in DC that supported my music since I was 12 years old I was like what 20 21 at the time 
since I was 12. This is almost right. a decade late, right. decade later. You know what I mean? So they was just like, and then now I'm developing this whole network of people in New York and no one knows that I was an artist. So it's almost like I was living double lives. Yeah. You know? Um, and it, and and at that point in time, it was I was suppressing those dreams um, at the courtesy of someone else. It wasn't until I met, I can't even remember what artist it was, to be honest with you. But when I met an artist and I really got in, was there for their creative process, is when I said, holy shit, I'm not an artist. I'm not on that level at all. And that's when I figured out, like, okay, what my gift is is the business of music. And maybe God put it in my heart to really be an artist early on in life so that I can relate to artists in a different form and fashion than other executives in the business. But after seeing a real artist work and knowing, you know, how their mind thinks and, and how they put stuff together, I was like, oh, there's no way in hell. I can't even call myself an artist after seeing this up close and personal. So now, let's get back to the story because I okay. threw you off. You got three jobs. I got three jobs. You then walked through the office. You met the executives. Did you have to like start putting your ducks in a row and quitting some jobs? Like, yeah. How did you do That's three? basically what happened. So I had a, a friend um, from school who was getting ready to be sent back. He was he was missing up against the deadline, and he had no internships. And so I said, I got the perfect opportunity for you. I got to quit a job. But I don't want to ruin any relationships, so I'd rather let them know that I can no longer work for them, but that I have someone who could take my place. And he was like, yo, that would be fire. So I ended up leaving Def Jam. It was the best career move I would have ever made um, because the contributions at Def Jam on the intern level was very minor, right? And so administrative tasks, to say the least. So... I ended up throwing the alley-oop to my friend. Um, he enjoyed his internship and saved the fact, saved his ass, basically. Right, he, he didn't have to go back to Nashville. He didn't have to go back to Nashville. And then I continued working morning show at um, in promotions at High 97, 6 a.m. shift. And then afternoon live, 106 in Park at BET. Um, and I was going back and forth. Um every day and it wasn't until check this out i encourage every intern to research who you're working for i later on in life i can't i can't tell you how many times i would go up to interns and say you know who stephen hill is right and they would be like nah and i would be like you work for him Wait, yeah like what <laughs> you work for him you need to know who it is and it, it was on i was learn. it was advice from experience because so i'm at bet and maybe about three months in, the VP of talent at the time says, oh, why are you always running out of here? Or why are you always, like, what's going on? We in the bathroom at the time. I'm, she's like, why are you always running out of here? And I was like, I finally just told her, like, I got two internships. So I'm running to a, an event for the street team. I got a cover for Hot 97. She was like, Hot 97? She was like, I came from Hot 97. And I knew she started, I started January 11, 2011 at BET. And I know she had started like January 1st. So we were both new. Right. Um, and she was like, I came from Hot 97. I'm like, word? And she was like, do me a favor. The next time you go to Hot 97, just look around. 
read the plaques on the walls, read the, and, and then come back. And I was like, I should know who this person is. Shit. So I go, go to High 97, and sure enough, Mary J plaque on the wall. Uh, numerous plaques on the wall. Um, and they all said Tracy Clordy, who was the former programming director of Hot 97, um, was instrumental in, in creating the very first Summer Jam and the tagline Blazing Hip Hop and R&B and, and every single every single personality on High 97 was hired through her for the most part whether it was Ange or Flex or whoever right, right. um and Ebro everybody came through her so I felt like a fool I'm like my new boss at BET helped create Hot 97 and I didn't even know right right so after that she kind of took a liking to me she was just like you know what this girl is about her business she's at the former place that I used to love she's at she's here now and you know it just became this it just became this mentorship um and I'm indebted to her because she taught me a lot of things personally and professionally I mean she taught me things about investing my money in 401k and um and buying property and selling property and shit that she didn't have to sell me right you know what I mean on, on top of you know um just how to conduct myself as a as a lady in this business um and you know it was just it was just phenomenal like it was a blessing for, for real for real um but <laughs> yo shorty shorty was was hard on me too because she saw the potential so she wanted to push the greatness out of you you know what i mean um so yeah so um i did an internship at, at Hot and at BET, and that shit was life-changing. I met every, my very first day at BET, January 11, 2011, I had the whole cast of the game at the time where the game, the show, the That's game when it was, was popping. Yeah. I had Derwin, I had Melanie, I had Wendy Raquel, I had Corey Bell, I had everybody. Same day, that was my first day. You know what I mean? And from that point on, you know, I just, I mean, I met everybody. I worked When did you decide to leave? Because you were, at, at a point you were, only at BET. So mm -hmm. how did you leave hot or why did you leave hot? So that was my junior year. Um, I interned from January to May, stayed on through the summer semester, worked my first BET awards and um, my first um, summer jam. And then the fall came around and I realized I had to go back to Nashville. Hot 97 said, yo, we want to keep you on. BET said, yo, we trying to keep you on. So I called my mother and was like, "Yo, mom, I'm not going back to Nashville. It's a wrap. I'm, I'm where I need to be. I'm, I got opportunities." My mother said, "What?" <laughs> she was like, "Nobody gets to their senior year and then quits. Right? Like you don't get to the finish line and quit. You're going back to school." And so I had to go back to Nashville after all living all of this life that I had lived, and um, I was miserable. My senior year was hard for me because I had seen the light, right. you know. And going from New York City back to Nashville, psh, listen. So I was waiting for graduation day, counting down the days. And two days after graduation, I moved back to New York um, with the with the idea that I was going to get a job at Hot. I had been promised an opportunity. Unfortunately, the station had went through changes, um, and. Um, 
Emmett's Communications was going through a lot of structural changes at the time. And they basically, I called like, hey, graduating, moving back, had an opportunity, wondering if it's still on the table. They were like, yeah, no, we're not honoring any of the promises that... That whoever this person was, made. yeah. They were like, yeah, no. And I was like, distraught. I was like, damn, yo, I had thought I had a job. But I still moved back anyway. I still moved back. I, um, I worked front desk at the Hilton for three months before... The lady at BET, the VP of Talent, called me and said, I know you've been waiting for this call. I got something for you. Send me your resume. And sent her my resume. She ended up putting me on the show um, Don't Sleep, hosted by TJ Holmes, which was it was a, a nice third, show. Mm-hmm, third party production, but it aired on BET. Um, and I worked that for a little while, and then I transitioned back over um under the on the BET corporate side um uh under her where's so, she now where is she now she is living her best life that's the new slang that's, <laughs> <laughs> that she, means she out here sitting on sings being a thotty body listen listen i don't know i can't everybody those live, your words not mine i can't when you say live in your that. best body that means a titty might come out you might be you gonna be on vacation but you, know, you know real real shit she um so when I tell you she's living her best life, I, she probably going to kill me. But <laughs> she, um, I spoke to her recently. She's lost like 20, 30 pounds. Oh, yeah, she's living her best life. She, She's swimming with great sh- white sharks. I literally have a picture of her scuba diving. She's a, a licensed scuba diver. It has all these different. So she kind of like left the industry and like she's really less like. She's having fun. She left BET. She's she's she does consulting and she does jujitsu fighting and and swims in exotic places (laughs) and is living her best life. Living her best life. I seen you living your best life too. I seen you living your best life too. I See saw you. Saying? I saw you on a vacation. Listen, I saw you, but I'm gonna leave it. I want to know about you leaving BT because you said you were at Complex now. I'm at Complex now. Yeah. yeah. Was that something that you were just ready to just like elevate and go into a new transition of of your life, or was it like something that was kind of like the universe did it to you? Like, so I was at BT a long time, right? Like almost eight years like you know I had and I came in as an intern and I was looking to grow and elevate and and really just first and foremost I was inspired by all the other changes going on around me I had I knew some dope women over at Rock Nation who were moving on and dope women from different labels who were moving on and artist managers who were who were moving on and elevating and I was just like and I had this meeting with uh she at SVP over at RCA, Sam Sellowing. We had a meeting and she said, 2018 um is the year to vibrate at higher frequencies. You know what I mean? This is the year of getting it done. And whatever it is that you want to do, it's time for you to get it done. Execute a plan, three steps, and do it. And I was so inspired leaving our conversation. Um, that I was like, oh shit, it's my time. Now the name of your shit is God is my publicist, right? It's important for me to bring that up because in transitioning from BET to Complex, all of my steps were ordered by God. You know what I mean? 
I woke up and had in my spirit the idea that my journey there was over. I had a lot of my friends had already moved on from from the network. Um, I felt like I had done everything that I could do. Um, a couple months prior to that, I had met with Cash Doll for the first time. Um, we had a, a lunch at Ricardo's in Harlem. I love she Ricardo's. flew in. She, yeah, she flew in just to meet with me, and she was one of the last artists that I met with. And I said, at you know, under under BET's umbrella, and I said, you know, um, what is it that you want to accomplish as an artist? And we talked through some things. And after helping her accomplish every single goal, you know what I mean, and, and her reciprocating that love on her project, Brad Mill, um, and, and, and thanking me in board meetings and shit like that, I had really felt like um, that my journey was complete. You know, I had worked every single production BET had ever done, from Rip the Runway and 106 and Park all the way through Black Girls Rock and and hip-hop awards and soldier and I was just like I'd done it all so um that day I, I woke up with the feeling like yo it's time and my daily devotional that day was um God wants you to move into all that he has for you and I read that and I was like damn because I understand that there are passages in the Bible where it says God wants you to be still. Mm -hmm. So when I read that God wants you to move into all that he has for you, I knew it was time for me to bust a move. And that day I made up my mind to leave the network. And it wasn't it wasn't nothing that triggered. It wasn't no hateration. It wasn't no, like I left in good standing. Right. It was all love. You know, that's my family over there. It always will be. Um, but I knew that it was time for me to go and grow. Um, so you just put in your two weeks notice and I spoke to the, the EVP at the time, put in my notice like that Monday, like, yo, you know, I'm, 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 it's time for me to grow. Right. And she was, she was receptive. She was like, you know, I could try to fight for you, but I just feel like you got things to accomplish in the world and I can't wait to see what you do. And I feel like I would I would hinder you by counter offering and trying to get you to stay, you know. And um, it was crazy because I ain't really, really, really had no offers on the table. I was just going with God, right? By seven p.m. that night, I got an offer letter from Complex. But how did they find out that you that you was out? Real shit. I had first interviewed with Complex a year and some change earlier. December 2016, I had my first interview with Complex. Um, and a year and a half later, they followed up with me to be real. Can I be candid on here? I don't yeah. Know real shit. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's about a lot of different shit. It's about your resume, your education. your It's about who you know. That's a fact. And I pride myself on having a vast network of relationships. You know what I mean? And New Year's Eve, I went out to a party. I went to Mac Wild's New Year's Eve party. And um, I ran into the director of talent relations at Complex at that party. And I was looking like a whole snack. As usual. I was with my date. He was with his date. 
we, you know, and at first I told my my um my date that I wasn't gonna speak. I was like, you know what, I'm a little nervous. I interviewed with him a year and a half ago. He ain't hire a bitch. I don't know if I should say <laughs> something. You might have to put him on his You spot. know what I mean? So, but he was like, my date was like, nah, you should speak. He was like, just, just go speak. So I go over there. I said, you know, yo, it's good to see you. Whatever, whatever. It was, and it was a real nice conversation. We ended up introducing our dates. It was very sweet and cordial. A week later, he hit me and said, you know what? It was great seeing you. I hit him first. It was great seeing you on New Year's Eve. He hit me back and was like, likewise, I might have a position on my team for you this year. And it went from there. It was really that FaceTime. Thank God I did go over and say yes. something to him. I can't imagine if I didn't. Um, and I really had a lot of people. I learned shortly after that that I had a lot of people over at Complex who were already lobbying on my behalf way before I got there, lobbying on my behalf. A lot of people. And so when I walked in, it was like family. I walked in for my my second round of interviews, and I was getting hugs so much I couldn't even get to the office where they wanted to interview me at. So it was it was it was mad love, and it almost seemed like a natural transition. Um, and uh, the night that I spoke and put in my to the SVP at BET and put in my two weeks, I got an offer letter from them. The very next day, I got accepted into St. John's. Um, for uh peter toblin college of business for my master's oh that's dope um my steps have just continued to be so you're going for your master's right now too my master's right i know now. your mama proud come on mama you know what i'm saying definitely she's definitely proud i've always balanced my love I, i'm a, i'm a nerd at heart yo and i've always balanced my love for education um and i've always used it as a tool to really propel me in this business i don't look at it as either or you know what I mean? Um, and so that brings me to really my true passion in life. And that's really to, like, do community outreach work, work with kids. That's what I want to do more of. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do it. I dedicate a lot of my time. And at one point, I was I was teaching kids, mentoring kids every Saturday from 7 to 3, every Saturday. Um, but don't do it. Don't do that program. I don't do it that program. Um anymore um but um you know just what i try to this shit is crazy because i don't want to give you no like no by the book type answer but when i think about my life when i think about the girl the 10 year old girl from dc who had a 4.0 but was telling people that I wanted to be a female rapper, you know what I mean? I could really just, I could really, honestly, I get emotional thinking about it because I had so much support from my parents and I had so much, the universe just conformed to just every dream, every motivation, and just the dots connected. And when I speak to kids, I try to encourage them. The number one thing is to just dream outlandishly. I want I want to encourage kids to find out as early in life as possible what it is they want to do. I don't care how crazy it sounds. You know what I mean? Because right now I'm 28, providing other artists with opportunities 
revenue opportunities, press opportunities, you know, really chances to really elevate their career. Um, and, um, and I can relate to them on a whole different wavelength. And who would have known that I was, you know, I would be at this point right now. So basically, I want to tell kids, like, however young you are, just dream. Dream crazy, right? And hopefully they have the parents that support those dreams. I know that in certain cultures, you know, um, kids say things and parents might not necessarily support that. They may be like, nah. Especially our culture. You know? We working on it. We working. I mean, I know it's like certain West Indian cultures, certain, you know, foreign countries or whatever. They be like the arts, sports, this, that. Like, nah, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to go to school for this and this and that. My mother could have easily said, yo, you got a 4.0. You want to do what? You're not going to be that. But my mother said, okay, cool. Let me find you a studio to record at. Let me find you a team of mentors who can help hone your craft. Let me send you to creative writing classes over the summer. Let me send you, you know what I mean? And developed all of that. Like, so my little sister, for example, when my little sister was five, six, seven, I don't know, she said to me, I said, yo, what you want to be when you grow up? She said, I want to be a mermaid. (laughs) And now I know the little shorty wasn't lying because my Netflix account, I could just fucking cringe thinking about it. I created my little sister a profile so that she could watch shit under her profile. Yet and still, she used to always just click, click, click and be watching shit under my profile. And now my algorithm is all fucked up. Now, Little Mermaid. Now all my movie suggestions is Little Mermaid shit, right? Mermaid, all types of shit. So when she said that, I knew she was serious. So what I did was, is I took her to the National Aquarium in Baltimore. And we had a whole day there, just me and her. And, you know, she saw the jellyfish exhibit. At the time, they they had it built out with the woman who swam from or tried to swim from coast to coast. And um, she got stung by so many jellyfish, they ended up having to take her out. It was like a big news story. But um, she saw the shark exhibit and the underground tanks and stuff. And um, and then the la- last we took her over to the dolphin um, exhibit, and she got to see that, and she got to see there were people swimming with the dolphins, the instructors and stuff. She was like, yo, people get to swim with the fish. And I was like, yeah, people get to swim with the fish. And she was like, oh, shit. She <laughs> ain't say that, but you could see it in her eyes. I literally took a picture to keep remember it, but you could see it in her eyes. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, she could be a marine biologist one day. She could be somebody who works at this museum or this aquarium. You know, it has to be more parents in the world Yes. that when you ask your kids, what do you want? First of all, you got to ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? Second of all, you have to give them, introduce them to so many different things in life where their imagination can really roam. And whatever it is that comes out of their mouth after they say that, you have to find a way to support that. Yes. And... Because when you do, you never know what it'll lead up to. My little sister said she wanted to be a mermaid. And when I took her to the National Aquarium in Baltimore, she, her whole life, she was like, she flashed before her eyes and she was like, oh, I can swim with fishes, I'm good. 
And who and who knows where that's going to lead her? Right. And I feel like that's what happened to me. Um, I'm gonna tell you what's happening to us right now. I knew this was gonna happen. I knew it out of time. Yes, but um, you gotta let the know it alls know your Instagram, your Twitter, and. You are invited back. I'm having a ladies' night on the 28th of this month. Kim Osario's already confirmed, so you got me dropping the tea already. I got some dope people coming. I need you to come back because I had a list of things that I wanted to ask you about. I but know, I I'm knew sorry. I was. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. You did exactly what I needed. I needed the history of Bianca. I needed yeah. to know who you were and why I was so captivated to you. It's because your story is an amazing one. And what you're saying is speaking volumes because I am a mother, have a nine-year-old daughter, and oh, I'm wow. always awesome. trying, like every day, because she lives in Pennsylvania now, so mm-hmm. I just got back this morning. I every, every morning I call her and just to tell her how amazing she is and let her know that whatever she wants to do in life that she can, as long as she puts her every morning. Mm-hmm. So I I get it. We have to pour into our children because we kill our dreams every day. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a child, I knew that I wanted to be a talk show host or actress. I, I always knew that I wanted to be on TV. My parents didn't pour into it, but mm-hmm. God did. Mm-hmm. I'm not a product of circumstances. I'm 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 a product of just hard work and just knowing Absolutely. that you can fight through adversities and make your dreams come true. And that's what I'm doing every day. I don't have any formal training. All I have is my heart. My heart put me into this, and that's why I'm doing it. And my heart drew me to you, mm-hmm. and that's why you're here. So what is your Instagram for the know-it-alls that need to know? Yo, if you want to follow me on my journey, um, check me out at Bianca underscore E underscore. That's B-I-A-N-C-A underscore E underscore. Um, and, you know, just 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 follow me, yo. Like, you're going to see inspirational messages where I try to encourage the kids that I mentor to continue dreaming. Um, and, you know, first and foremost, before we get out of here, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the energy that brought us together. No, because thank you. Women, you thought women, I was your friend. <laughs> nah, listen, women women run into each other and sometimes it's not all love. And so the genuine aura and the genuine respect and love that I got from you from the second that I met you, um, I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on the show and giving me opportunity to talk about my story and to talk about what I love the most, which is encouraging other people to live their dreams. Yes. Um, and um and you know, it's just it's just a blessing. Please come back. Please, please. For sure. Please. You you stuck with me now. No, and you have an amazing voice. Like I'm happy this was your first podcast experience, but it <laughs> definitely will not be your last. We gotta spread you around because you out here throwing these gems gems at people's heads. But until next time, know it alls, you already know. If you need to get some artist spotlight before you get to Miss Bianca, you gotta come to Miss Lissa Knows. And you can play your music. We can talk about it briefly. All you have to do is email me at MissListenNoShow at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter as well. America's favorite nobody. And that's K-N-O-W because it's Miss Lissa Knows. And until next time, brush your teeth, brush your edges, and brush that dirt off your shoulders. Dream those dreams. Rest in peace, Combat Jack. <laughs>